Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, June 13th. You know, I had to check my calendar when I said that because I went, yeah, it's Monday, June 13th. Like, no, it's not. It could not possibly be in the middle of June. But it is. It's Monday, it's June 13th, and it's time for 10 dozen minutes of post-Max FunCon chill with Jake and Mr. Scullhead. I'm Mr. Scullhead, and we're having a little bit of trouble meeting your Skype. But I think Jake should be able to hear me now, surely. Um, huh. So there's a thing. There we go. Now Jake can totally hear me. And I can totally not hear Jake. Nifty. That's why. Mr. Skullhead, hear me? I can. Skype, uh, you know, anytime, anytime you plug anything that's vaguely related to sound into a USB port, Skype just throws a conniption fit. Does it? It does. There were, there were conniptions. Does it have a come apart? Yep. It totally flips its shit. Somebody when I was uh, growing up used to say they were fixing to have a come apart. <laughs> that is possibly the most folksy way you could possibly say that. How was your uh, How was your flight home, Mr. Skullhead? I was jammed in a in the aisle seat by an, an inconsiderate large fellow. Usually, I am a large fellow and of various levels of consideration. But yeah, there was a dude who uh, yeah, like sat in his middle seat, squared his shoulders, folded his arms so that he was as big as possible, and then went to sleep. <laughs> so you know, a little jammed, but. Oh. I'll see it's better than a window seat for that situation at least. Yeah. I wasn't I was in the window seat. Did I say aisle? Oh, you did. At that least sucks. like yeah, I could jam myself up against the wall instead of worrying about being like stuck against the door or stuck into the aisle and being mm -hmm. hit by beverage carts. Yeah, it's okay though. If they hit you with a beverage cart, you end up owning that airline. Is that how that works? Some some yeah, what I think I'm pretty sure that the guys who are currently in charge of all of the airlines, they were in aisle seats next to fat guys and got run over by beverage carts. It's like a Willy Wonka kind of thing. Yeah, so like you get a fractured elbow, but then you get an airline. So we got to hang out in the same place today for a little while, Mr. Scullet. It was great. That was pretty freaking awesome. I really for those of you who don't know, at home, uh, Mr. Scullet lives in, in uh, the far north, and I live in the far southwest. So we don't always get to see each other. We don't always get the loving embrace that we awoke in this morning. That's true. Sometimes, even when we get it, we're a little surprised. I am, uh, I am fucking tired after a weekend of Maximum Fun Con. Yeah, I think that it, it is the maximum that, that you can have. I think the pretentious artist put it well when he said that it was against his nature to not be shy and three days of not being shy was as much as he could manage at one go. Yep. And it's true, like, I was... everybody is super nice, and everybody is is worth talking to and fun to talk to, but after a while it's just, you know, I think I'm ready to just be in a room playing a video game. Yep. Did you play any cool video games after Max FunCon? <laughs> no, I talked to your girlfriend while you played video games. Oh, okay. 
How uh, how uh, tell 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 the kids at home about your favorite parts of the Max FunCon experience? Well, let's see. I really enjoyed meeting uh, Glenn Washington. That guy is cool. We ended up. We met him last year at uh, Max FunCon. He was a guy who was there as an attendee last year because he was like sort of trying to get in with the public radio people to whatever extent that he could because of his new show that he was working on, and uh, now. He's on like 150 affiliates with his new show and was a guest and presenter at Max FunCon. That's good stuff. We saw, um, I liked the comedy show quite a bit. That was Which one? There was an improv well, yeah. comedy show from the Upright Citizens Brigade on the first night, and then there was a stand-up show from a whole bunch of dudes. Yeah, seven comedians in one spot. That was Where's definitely... Names? Dave, Dave uh, Shumka, Graham Clark, uh, Josie Long... Jay, Jackie Cation, uh, Maria Bamford, uh, Andy Daly, and Greg Barrett. Did you do that from memory? Yes. Wow. Those were the comedians. That was a hell of a show. I, I actually, the, the one I enjoyed most, though, I think was just the, like, wandering around talking to people. Yep. That was quite amazing. It was also kind of amazing to be, to see somebody give a presentation and then just see them walking around and talk to them. Yeah, that's a neat thing about that is that the people who are there as as guests of the con are really just there's not like a lot of backstage, you know. It's yeah. That uh, the the talk from uh, Lee Unkrich was amazing. The guy who directed Toy Story three, we should I should say. Yeah, it was super fascinating to uh, what he he just gave a kind of an hour and a half maybe long talk mm -hmm. uh, where he detailed the process of making a Pixar movie kind of. Just had videos of various things and like talked about their storyboard process and just the whole the whole shebang. It was fucking fascinating. Uh, yep. What what was your favorite little bits? Oh, I liked that thing. I liked that Pixar thing. Yeah. I liked getting to talk to uh, Adam Lisagor of You Look Nice Today, the podcast. Uh, he's he's just one of the nicest fellers that there is. Um. I met I, I, I met and talked to two thirds of that podcast, which was pretty cool because I like that podcast. Yeah. Uh, so Roy Roy made a bunch of friends. It was fun seeing Roy because Roy is a I would say a much bigger fan of Stop Podcasting Yourself than I am, and uh, I, I saw him talking to the Stop Podcasting Yourself guys a number of times, and there were a lot of people wearing shirts that Roy made, and we met uh, we met ACM who frequently sends questions into the radio, who I am almost certain that we have met before. Huh. Um, I don't know if I like maybe she was at Max Funcon before. Uh, also, not a dude, which I thought uh, ACM was a dude for whatever reason. Well, because uh, uh, the questions are insightful and uh, aren't about uh, which boys are cute. Yeah, 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 and uh, like what kind of uh, prom dress should I get, and what color would you recommend uh, that my flower be? Yeah. Uh, no, you sure, sure, sure. Uh, anyway, she looked very familiar. Um, apparently there was another KOL player there who did not know that we were there, uh, did not know who we were, and didn't say hi. So, thanks a lot, you jerk. I don't, I don't actually know who it was. I'm going to say it was, it? it was almost the same as if they hadn't been there. Yeah. Real Natch says, I had no idea any of you were at Max FunCon. I'd have said hello. Appreciate the special item, though. Oops, yeah. Mm, big secret. We did it. We did a redemption code there to see, if, see what that would do. That seems like the kind of crowd where, uh, we would have a much, much higher bite rate. Bite carbonate. Of soda. We would have 
we could titrate our bite rate. It's funny. We met uh, we met this guy uh, last year who worked at the National Ignition uh, National Ignition facility, and uh, we we met him and we're like, hey, can we get a tour if we go to San Francisco? He was like, sure. So we went to San Francisco, went on a tour of the National Ignition facility, and then met him again, hung out off and on for the entire weekend, and then at like the end of the second night, he realized that we were the people who worked on KOL, and he had played for years, uh, huh. which was funny. Um, because, you know, I, I don't know. I, it doesn't surprise me that I can talk to somebody for an hour and not ever talk about what I do. Yeah, because that, that's pretty I, much what you do. Um, I like, uh, you know, I like having opinions about things, but <laughs> I don't know, you know. I'm not, I'm not an autobiographer. Someday, someday uh, I'm, I'm happy to let somebody write a biography of me, but it ain't going to be me. That was interesting, like, when we were standing next to each other talking to people. And someone would say, so, what do you do? And you'd go, ah, yeah, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would step in, we have this game, it's called Kingdom of Loathing, and people go, oh, that's fascinating, you, you can make money doing that? And like, yeah, I know, it's weird. So we have, a, we have a conversation that you probably didn't want to have, but we had it several times. That's okay. That's, you know, that's what happens. You, t you talk to people about what they're doing. We met this, uh, we met this gal who uh, is, works for some sort of a uh, special effects company and was handing out all of these uh, pretty awesome fake uh, body parts that her, her company makes. Yeah. Roy, she gave Roy the finger. <laughs> was it, did she give you a toe? I did not get Somebody any. Somebody had a toe. Maybe that was what I was thinking of. I think Roy had a toe. It's more funny that she gave him the finger. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for thanks for ruining the joke. I was, really, I was just I being inaccurate. I took an improv class, which was awful. <laughs> it, was it an awful class, or was it just awful for you? No, it was a great class. It was awful for me. I, uh, I, so I realized, I, I often thought, you know, an improv class would be useful for me and the people that I do these radio shows with because that's what we're doing. We're trying to be extemporaneously funny all the time, right? Right. Um, but what what the class consisted of and what improv comedy by and large consists of is like being a character in a situation and playing out a, a narrative in a funny way, right. exploring a situation in a funny way that the situation being like really contrived. Right. And if that situation is not my idea, I have no idea where to go with it. You don't want to be like, a, I just, a funny dentist. I think, yeah. I mean, I did, like, yeah, it was awful. It, it was just I, I just was like constantly freezing up and saying things that weren't funny and going down like just these rabbit holes that I knew were terrible, but that I had no idea how to get out of. It was, uh, <laughs> it was I mean, I, you know, it, it's like. Something, something's wrong with me. I, I was terrified of, like, speaking in public when I was a kid. And then high school did debate, got over my fear of public speaking, but then it just all came back. And I don't know if it was a lack of practice or what it was. I don't know if there was just some brief period of time when I was fearless. Maybe I was young, dumb, and full of piss and vinegar, and the vinegar etched, etched away all the fear. But then it eventually etched down so deep that it exploded exposed the juicy nougat center of the fear, which expanded to fill three times the space that the fear had filled before. So it was like the self-expanding fear foam. Yeah. Gotcha. Mad magic fear. Good fear. Good stuff. That stuff's called good stuff, right? I, I suppose. It's called Mr. Good Bar, I feel. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. You you get a you you buy it uh, fifty cents at a time in the checkout of the grocery store. If, if that's yeah, not I, what that stuff is, then that explains why I'm getting a lot of water leaking through cracks in my foundation. And the why the water is brown and smells pretty good. Yeah, because usually things that are leaking that are brown don't smell so good. Uh, that was a diarrhea joke, everyone. You're welcome. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was good. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if it was diarrhea or olestra. Um, so yeah, I don't, yeah, man, I don't know what it was. Well, I do know what it was about that. It was that I fucking could, can't say anything funny when I'm on the spot in front of a bunch of people in a room. <laughs> um, you know, theoretically, we say things that are funny, and that's why that's why this this broadcast has fans, right? And that's why yeah. that's why people like the things that we make, right? It's not like, oh my god, that is the coolest video game in the world because of the graphics, you know, and and. Uh, and uh, what, I was like, it's funny. That's what that's what our jobs are is being funny. And yet, this kind of structured being funny is like the worst. That is the worst. I, you know, I maybe it was just by contrast with how awesome I felt during the rest of Max FunCon, but that was just the worst thing that I can remember happening in a really long time. <laughs> you didn't seem uh, so uh, so upset about it when you got out of it. Is it yeah, in, in retrospect? Maybe, yeah. I mean, just the more I think about it, the more... You know, I, what I'm not doing is spending any time thinking about the jokes I should have made or whatever, because that was that would just be... That would be horrible. Hmm. Um, there were some people in there who were really good. You know, there were people in there who seemed equally nervous and on on equally shaky footing as me, and, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't think that it was really as humiliating as it felt. Right, because I, you know, other people in there who didn't do a very good job. I'm not like, oh, what the fuck, those assholes. They're worthless and bad people. If anybody ever figures out that they're not actually funny, their whole life will be revealed as a huge sham. Um, those are the feelings that I reserve for myself. Mr. Right. <laughs> I sometimes wonder if you wouldn't be better off with just a tiny bit of medication. Oh yeah. Come on. It would, eat, it would eat away at who I was. Well, I took, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, you could be like Monk when he takes the OCD medication. He's a lousy detective. You could be a lousy detective if you were taking some kind of, like... Because th there are... Not an antidepressant, but, like, an, an anti-constant feeling of crushing dread medications, what? I feel. I don't think that's true. That's like saying there's a... Like an anxiety. There's... Like an anxiety med. Yeah, see, here's my here's my worry about this, and this is yeah, this is this is cutting deep. This is a real thing. I uh, something that I would be okay with is like I've often felt that Valium would maybe be a cool thing, right? Because the the thing about the thing that I like about booze, and boy, you know, boy, are there things that I like about booze. But the main okay. thing that I like about booze is that it is a kind of a topical anti-anxiety drug, right? Um, it has a lot of calories and hurts your liver and makes you have a headache the next day, which is a problem with it. It has side effects, sure. And in the same way that I don't, I don't want to be drunk all the time, right? Like, that would suck. <laughs> Not because I would trip over things or whatever, but because being drunk also makes me kind of lazy. Hmm. And... What I worry is that if I took anti-anxiety medication, I'm sure that it would improve the quality of my life, at least as far as I perceive it. But what I am afraid of is that 
the thing that drives me to do anything at all is the sort of constant low-level thrum of anxiety. Ah, uh, I see. And I don't want to get rid of it. I mean, I, I like. I also, I took. Have you ever taken any any? Uh, did you ever try the the quit smoking antidepressant? No, I thing? remember when you did, and that was pretty eerie, though. It was weird. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like myself, and a lot of it was because the quickest way to not feel like yourself is to start thinking really hard. Do I feel like myself right now? Is there anything weird about? Is there anything weird about my thought processes or my perceptions right now? Is it like? Am I okay? Is everything is, is everything going? Hmm. Heart heart's beating a little fast. Is that normal? Huh. It's beating a little faster now. I wonder if I should be worried about that. Oh fuck! Oh god! Fuck! Yeah, that that kind of thing. I remember you. Uh, I was asking you. I asked you once how it was going. You said, you know, I don't, I don't feel like smoking. I don't feel like doing anything, but that's okay. You know. Yeah. It but was like, really how's weird. How's it going with your girlfriend? Oh, you know, we don't have sex because I don't really feel like doing it, but it's fine. She would make me stay up until it wore off. Like, pretty pretty routinely. It was weird. Huh. Um, like, uh, stay awake. I mean, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it just, it, like, it, I could feel it, like, after I took the pill, like, you know, I don't remember how many minutes later, but some number of minutes later, it was just, like, this subtle change in the kind of texture of the world around me, and I was like, uh-huh, okay. Now we're just in slightly weirdville. Uh, it's like, boy, I could really use a. Uh, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like I was like, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I want like Doritos. No, I don't want uh, it's anything. Getting to be about the time I would head down to the machine and get a candy bar. Do I feel like a candy bar right now? No, not really. So those drugs, like. Valium, I feel like, has been around long enough that maybe the mechanism by which it works is understood, but most most psychological drugs are not adequately explained by you know by by people who swear by them, right? Like, so I don't know, just it, it, that kind of thing makes me nervous. Do you do you feel like Valium is a thing that you take and then you walk around and do stuff though? Because I don't think that that's how no, works. but I feel like it's a thing that you take uh, when on a day when you don't like on a day when you are going to be on an airplane, for instance, uh. right? Like on a day when, all right, I am taking the day off of work and just I need a day where I don't do anything. And if I have trouble getting that day started, maybe if I could take a pill and it would make me relax like that. That's that's the problem. right? That's kind of why I like smoking cigars is because it forces me to do nothing for like 45 minutes. Right. Um, but you know, again, side effects, mm-hmm. How, however minor, with with a small number of cigars. But uh, yeah, you know, bad breath, mm. uh, the the scorn of almost every right thinking person. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I frequently am surrounded by people who are smoking cigars. Are you at at social events? Maybe you know, like I'm not great at remembering things that happened longer than like two weeks ago. Like, remembering fine details of them. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just that I've been to two weddings, and at each of those weddings, like, all the guys were smoking cigars but me. You've been uh, outside several delivery rooms. Yeah, there was that. You've been at several uh, board meetings of, uh, I don't know, big media conglomerates. I was at that Sigmund Freud lookalike contest. <laughs> uh <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want medication. I don't want to be medicated. I, you know, I, don't I, want you I to think either. that the, le- the level of humiliation. Here. I think. 
scribing my inner monologue during that improv performance, either in an exaggerated way for comic effect, because uh, you know, God knows, I'm good at that, uh, or or you know, a, uh, I don't know what the other thing was that was maybe what I was doing there. <laughs> like it was, I don't think that doing something, being embarrassed by doing something that you are bad at in front of a bunch of people is, is pathological. Right. 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 And it's like, you know, maybe most people would be like, Oh, that was embarrassing. Let's move on to the next thing and not think and talk about how embarrassing that was. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm a little more inclined to dwell on it. Sure. Anyway, the, the, it was, it was a good class. Like it, it was, uh, Jordan Morris, the guy, uh, he's like a guy who works for Fuel TV and does funny interviews with celebrities and is like on the, one of the podcasts that the Max Fun Network is kind of founded around. Uh, he was, he was real, like, you could tell he had done it before because it was like anytime somebody did something bad, he would like pretty much just tell them like not to do it. And here's something else instead. And like, here, let's rewind to the point where you guys started saying stuff that was stupid instead of funny, but without being a dick about it at all. Uh-huh. You know, it was like it was it was a way of it. There, there's there is a mode that I can never get into, which is why that I can I can never teach anyone to do anything, which is that like I sort of apply the same bluntness to everybody else that I do to along and I fuck something up. I'm like, ah, I fuck that up pretty bad. Let's try that again, uh-huh. you know. And so if I'm if somebody's like, "Hey, how do I do this?" No, 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 you fucked it up, and people don't respond well to that. <laughs> like, okay, that's good, but maybe you could try not just completely fucking it up to the point where all of your previous work was ruined. Was it, is that was that better? That's a little better. Yeah. Okay. Uh anyway, so yeah, I'd ask you uh, what you've been doing, but I know what you've been doing. We work together. I know, that was great. I, I don't know how to process that. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you do this weekend? Well, same thing as you, but I... You know what was great was the drive out there and the drive yep. back. Because I had told my wife when we started, when I left, that I should take my iPod and make sure that I had some games on it because probably everybody would just plug in their headphones and, you know, kind of zone out while driving. But, no, we, we shot the shit the entire way there. So yep, and the awesome. entire way back. We were in a car together talking about politics for like five hours and didn't get into a fight. That's true. I well, yeah, well I mean, to be a... fair, I was all save it for the save it for the radio. Yeah, I mean, there were there were disagreements, but I think in the absence of an audience, we're perfectly yeah. willing to let them slide. Yep. Uh, uh, we uh, I, I had uh, I, I I bought you the best sandwich today. You didn't hate it. Maybe you don't think it was the best sandwich, but uh, you liked it, and so that was not a thing that. Uh, Mr. Mag was expecting us to have an argument on the radio <laughs> I about you saying that that it. is, in fact, the worst sandwich and me saying that you don't know what a good sandwich is. The, uh, you know, the the best sandwich is a, a different thing for me, I think, but that was certainly a very good sandwich. What would be on your best sandwich? I actually made a, a pretty fucking good sandwich at, at Max Fun that was pastrami and... American cheese and Monterey Jack cheese and pickles and those little uh, pepperoncinis okay. or banana peppers or whatever. And by God, that was a tasty sandwich. I think anything that has those little banana peppers or pepperoncinis on them 
automatically uh, gets a couple of bumps up in the quality of sandwich. It's way better. It's like it's like cabbage in that it will make something crunchy, and that's always good. I need a crunch in a sandwich. I do. Yeah, sprouts. I find uh, alfalfa sprouts are good yeah. for that. That sandwich uh, today had cilantro in it, which was a delicious choice. I yes, felt. and carrots. It's got like shredded carrots, and I think like daikon radishes, and then some kind of some kind of fairly hot pepper in it. Boy, did it! Yeah, this is what they put on them, and, and ah, goddamn, I could do without the like mayonnaise stuff. That is the one thing that I would omit to make the sandwich a, a more perfect union of sandwich components. Uh, these are Bon Mies from Lee's Sandwiches. Our listeners who are in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, there are Lee's Sandwiches all over the fucking place, and you should go to one. I think there might also be one in Dallas. Hmm. Um, they're spreading. They're they're sweeping the nation like a like a they craze. Ought they ought to. You know what they needed in there, and it may be a different from a different part of the the Orient, but it, bubble tea. I would have had me some bubble tea with that sandwich. That's more of a Thai thing, isn't it? It could be. This was, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I know that there's Thai tea. Bon Mi Often, is Cambodian? I think it's Vietnamese. Hmm. Um, served by uh, honkies, the Thai tea is. Oh. And we refer to them as Thai tea whiteies. That's, that was the joke that I was making. That was a good joke. Honkies. Yeah. Crack crackers. Uh, bubble tea is like orbits, right? Except, like, it's just, like, something with, uh, like... like big, chewy car- balls of tapioca in it. Yeah, something yeah. carbonated with balls of tapioca. Like, do you, do it's you drink? It's not carbonated, no. Oh, I thought it was carbonated, which is what allowed the bubbles to float in no. it. It tastes a lot like, um, just chai. You know, chai tea. Or, it tastes a little like tai chi, if you enjoy anagrams. Otherwise, it tastes like chai tea. But then you, <laughs> you get it in a... You have a big-ass straw that you use to drink it that's big enough to let these, like, I don't know, like, whopper-sized mm. balls of tapioca up into your face. And, you know, it's it's gross when you're drinking something and there's a solid in it that's unexpected. But since this isn't unexpected, it, it doesn't hit me that way. Yeah. I never tried any of that Orbits. That was tasty. There were little, uh, like, little fruit explosions in your mouth. Cool. I drank the hell out uh, of them until they went away. Was it like when you drink a Zima with a stick of big red gum in it? I don't think so. I've but then later a, you, have a, a you have of... a man's semen explosion in your mouth. Exactly. You have a fruity explosion in your mouth. The, uh, yeah. I had some Zima back in the day. I won't lie. I don't know that I ever drank an entire Zima. It was pretty bad. I, I remember when I tasted it, I was like, <laughs> you know, if I'm going to drink something that tastes this bad, I'm just going to drink beer. I thought it tasted like a, it's almost like a soda, so like a, a Mountain Dew or something. Yeah, like a, uh, a wine cooler. Yeah. It's I got lucky, I got for... sick, I got sick off of wine coolers once, and that put me off of those pretty much forever, saving me a lot of humiliation in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. If they're good enough for Bruce Willis, you'd think they'd be good enough for any man, but, uh. And Bruce Willis can also wear just like a sarong tied around his waist and somehow still look like a badass, but he is John McClane. And I don't it's recommend true. trying that if you're not. Did he wear a sarong in something? There was a picture of him like out on his boat wearing like a white t-shirt and just one of those little, you know, like a, a cotton blanket with a 
Indian pattern on it with fringe around it. Sarong, I guess. Huh. But just like tied around his waist like a little skirt. That wasn't like just maybe like a towel? No, it, it absolutely a wasn't towel, a towel. Like... No, it was huh. definitely a... Definitely was wearing just like the thing that a girl would do at the beach, right? They wear some... Like he has a, we had a, to cover his bikini bottom? Yeah. So that people couldn't see the cottage cheese on his thighs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you do a Google image search for Bruce Willis Sarong, you'll see multiple pictures of... Uh, I'm doing it. You should do it. You should turn that safe search the fuck off. That's what you should do. It's oh, amazing he, how most, oh, of, most of these pictures are not of Bruce Willis <laughs> or a Sarong. Do I seem like the kind of guy that would not already have safe search turned off? I don't uh-huh. see any pictures of Bruce Willis in a sarong. The very first see... one is for me, but that's the bubble filter, man. The bubble filter? I see a picture the... of him wearing a pair of shorts. It's the filter bubble. The bubble filter or the filter bubble? The filter bubble, yeah. We saw a, we saw a talk from uh, NPR's Brooke Gladstone, uh, on the media's Brooke Gladstone, who talked about several things. One of which was, was interesting, and it was a thing that I had thought about uh, before. A little bit, which was uh, this. Somebody wrote a book called The Filter Bubble, which was talking about how bad it is, or how you know potentially bad it is that like Facebook, when it gives you the news feed, will start ignoring people that you haven't come into contact with, and like Google tailors search results to you based on the stuff that you've been interested in before, which <clears throat> makes it more difficult for people to be exposed to new ideas. And she was talking about it frustrating people who were the kind of people who would like friend a bunch of people that they disagreed with ideologically on Facebook so that they could be exposed to their ideas. Right. Um, you know, and then I just kind of unlisten, like when I did that, <laughs> I, I, I friended a bunch of people that I was ideologically, uh, opposed to, uh, because that's, I have a lot of friends that I, <laughs> whose, uh, whose beliefs I'm ideologically opposed to. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's more of a thing like the default way that Facebook presents information to you was extreme was so frustrating to me that I just didn't use it uh, from the very beginning. Like the fact that it gave you a random sampling of stuff from a bigger pool of possible data. I was like, fuck this. Like this is a terrible way to present information to somebody. Well, then you can but you can then just click over from top news to most recent. Yeah, and which I always that did. That's how I read it. Yeah. Right, and and I, you know, I would use. But it even on in that phone. feed, they were. They were filtering stuff out, but that is a setting that you can turn off. Oh, is it? Or at least it used to be. I, I hope it's still off. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. Maybe uh, because you search for more pictures of dudes in dresses, uh, your. Uh, your your Google is tuned, via its filter bubble to uh, show you stuff like this. I guess. But I'm, I'm not seeing this that photo. That is the one that's, uh, that really bothers me. I, the Facebook thing, it wasn't as big of a deal, but when they started talking about Google doing that, just, I don't know, I feel like search engine results benefit from being the same for everybody and not trying to tell me what like not trying to intuit what I might be looking for and instead just giving me what they always have yeah which is what the the things that mo- that the most people are linking to right for google nobody really knows right because the and and 
maybe shit keeps changing like the the in order to avoid the search engine optimization people they've always been they've always kept a pretty tight lid on how their shit works right um but yeah it always seemed to be that the more things that link to you in a given context the more likely you are to come up in a search result for a thing uh but yeah we could uh, we could read some forum questions. Sure, if let's you felt that was a thing we could do. Let's get in there. Hello, gentlemen, says Psyche. I played a few rounds of Porco in Elvish Paradise and noticed that the result of each round appears briefly before the chip filters down into the slot. Is it possible to remove this to preserve the brief thrill of the gamble? Um, <clears throat> it's not supposed to do that. And I don't know. Uh, I can ask C.D. Moyer about that, if that's a thing that we can fix. All that shit is wizardry, as far as I'm concerned. I was going to say as far as I'm confused, which I am pretty confused. I don't know if you can measure how the degree to which you're confused in distance, though. You don't think? You'd be like, dude, I'm like five miles confused. But is I'm that only a, a couple is, meters confused? Yeah, is that like a lot confused, or is that a little confused? Like, what's the scale, right? I mean, I used to I used to bullseye womp rats in Beggars Canyon back home, and they're not much more confused than that. Okay. Wax says. Hooray, an opportunity to post in one of these. Regarding revamps, what's next? McLarge huge? The world map? World map, world map looks pretty old and small. Mostly small. Uh, also, how come you need a meat car to go all the way to the beach, but you can roll all the way to the island? Well, because you can't go down to the shore without a car. That's the, that is one of the fundamental tenets of the teachings of the dead milkman. Right. <coughs> you can ride the bus, right? Okay, now you can ride the bus. I forgot. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to give the world map a graphical overhaul. I think that's a little too fundamental. Yeah, I think um, so. The only thing that bothers me about it is the super thick line around the outside edge, because that was just clearly photoshopped in, and I might redraw that uh, one, of these, one of these years, but maybe not. Um, the McLaren shoots is probably also not going to get much in the way of graphical changes. We shot the shit about that during the meeting last week and came up with, I think, some pretty satisfying ideas uh, for just very subtle changes to the way that that shit works. Um, and yeah, you know, being able to uh, being able to get to places because you have things is a pretty well established video game contrivance, right? You know, you. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. These doors only open when you shoot them with missiles. Uh, Kranos says, Hey guys, first cue from me all the way from Norway. Is it possible to get a discovery chart for Gnorm and the Super Tinker? It's a pain to remember all the combinations for the Clockwork Spheres. Keep up the great work. Hmm. <clears throat> um, it would be possible, but it's one of those things that it is an amount of work, and it's never the amount of work that seems like it's the most worth doing right now. Isn't, well, no. There is a, a spindler for recipes, but I'm not sure that that would, that it, that contains that stuff, right? No, it does not contain that stuff, yeah. And there's a lot of other things that don't, like the, uh, this, the, uh, uh, the, what the fuck is that guy called? The mystic who makes the shit out of pixels. So it's only for stuff that you're crafting or you're making in your... Your kitchen, your cooking, or your cocktailing? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I think that's a towel. Yeah, it, it's not. I wish that it or, was, but it's not. Or like a rug. 
Maybe, okay, so maybe he was out on the beach with a beautiful woman. And a a paparazzo stole his uh, his his trunks. Sure. And he said, "I need to run back to the uh, to my vault to get another pair of trunks." Uh, but I don't want. There are a bunch of children in between me and there, and I don't want the children to see my balls. Uh, can I borrow your sarong? It's, so, uh... I bet that's what happened. No, I mean, I, th- I think what it is is that when, well, like, when I was in Mexico with my wife, she had one of those, a couple of those things that she would use as, like, cover-ups and shit. And when we were just walking around our little room, I would wear one because it's really fucking comfortable when it's hot out, you know, and you get the breeze through there. It still covers your balls. It's fine. And I think you would as well with, as... You would wear it with nothing under it? Well, Sure. And okay. I think Bruce Willis just said, you know, and I, I'm Bruce fucking Willis. Nobody's ever going to say, you're not masculine enough, Bruce Willis. So I'm going to wear this thing because it's comfy. Why don't you just wear a kilt? You could. You could. I don't feel like it would be, if it would, the, that it would be as comfortable because it's the it's heavy material. Because uh, a sarong is like a, a bed sheet, kind of, you know? Or a towel. It's not like a towel, though. It's like a bed sheet. Okay. It's like I mean, I often it's like just linen. take a shower. It's not and like jump a big... into bed instead of drying off. Right, so a bed like sheet a... is like a towel in that regard. It's not like a terry cloth kind of thing. I I use terry cloth sheets. Is that weird? A little in Phoenix. Who is Terry? Why yeah, is Terry cloth called Terry? Uh, the guy who makes that cloth. That's who he is. Mm. Uh, were you just watching corn? Something go. keeps trying to make noise. Is it blood? Suzanne Vega tried to warn us about this. It's voices. They're they're carrying. Mm. Uh, I was about to say something that was related to our video game, and I didn't. No, it wasn't related to our video game. Uh, it was about uh, uh, we stopped at a highway rest stop on the way back from Max FunCon, and as I was leaving the bathroom, uh, like a I don't know, probably a fifty-five-year-old man wearing a utility kilt. I walked into the bathroom. I saw that dude. Yeah. It's like I got out of here just in time. Just in time. Because a guy that'll wear that thing, who knows what the fuck else that guy will do. Well, he will probably blow you in a roadside restroom, so maybe you should have lingered. <clears throat> I didn't have to let it. WEO Quinn says, Pasta Guardians are a lot of fun, but only a couple ever get used in run because many of them only drop at level 11 or so, and nobody wants to lose their leveled guardian to one acquired late in the game. What? Hmm. How about adding the vampire glitter to the vampire in the spooky forest? Then there'd be one more to play with in run. Also, was there talk of making the Pasta Mancer Pokeball into a free pull? Uh, also, what's your favorite Pasta Guardian? I can never remember... Like, the Vermincelli, I think, was... Of yours, there were a couple that I really liked. The joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which ones did you make? You made the Penne Dreadful. And the uh, Vermincelli was riff. Was it? I feel like it was. Mm-hmm. Riff made the boba fettuccine, right? Right. Um, which he did, I think was a joke. Uh, but he was like, yeah, that last one was a joke. And I was like, yeah, but jokes are what we do. I remember I named the bats, but I don't think that I came up with the, with the actual thing. Mm. Let me look at a, a list of them. 
Yeah, I think the bow tie bat might have been mine. I think the lazombie was mine. What are those things called? Uh, pasta guardians, pasta I guess. Pasta guardians. Let me see what looks familiar here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I do like the idea of you being able to carry that ball from. I don't remember. Did we make it not a quest item? The free pull. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if we actually made that change or not. We were talking about making it a free pull. If that's still a thing that we could do, it must not be a quest item anymore. Uh, and the free pull would let you use it in hardcore. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, the fact that nobody wants to lose their leveled up guardian to one acquired late in the game means that people value them because they're leveled up, which is good, right? I don't want to change that. Um, you, you know, I don't know. I think it's okay that only a couple ever get used in run. Only, you know, there's plenty of things that there are 11 of them in the game, but only a couple of them ever get used in run. Yeah. Uh, Stupak2 says, boxes containing the quest items and bees hate you. Uh <clears throat> well, so I said you could ask questions with impunity, but I kind of want to punish Stupak for, for asking this question. I like the idea that doing something with impunity means doing something with without being punished for it. Yeah. That was a neat little uh, discovery that I made. <laughs> Etym etymological understanding. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I... I probably wouldn't have done that if I had thought of it, but it's also not... I don't want to establish a precedent where no content that comes out while there is a challenge restriction in place is limited by that restriction, right? Like, I wouldn't have made it so you couldn't do the quest. Uh -huh. uh, like, they used to be maps to safety bunker Ronald Prime until somebody pointed out, that's not going to work. You won't be able to use this now. We're like, eh. We don't want to stop people from doing that. But the boxes containing the quest items, those are like, you know, those are those are edge case power player shit, you know? So I don't, I did not feel a responsibility to make those usable in this challenge. Like, just, just save them for later. Just don't sweat it. Don't sweat it and bees hate you. Don't it, hate it and bees sweat you. It's going to be all right. Yeah, bees sweat you is going to be the next one. Sweat bees. Sweat bees. Sweat bees were a different thing when I was growing up than I think they are uh, in real life. They're they're one of those things like mangoes. I don't think I know what a, I've ever heard a sweat bee. Uh, when I was when I was reading uh, with the Wikipedia article about bees, it talked about a class of bees that are referred to as sweat bees. They they were just this particular kind of very small bee uh, where I grew up. Huh. That if you were like, oh, a bee, I don't know, it's just a sweat bee. Don't worry about it, because they didn't really sting you. So you don't, you're not supposed to sweat them, because I don't know. they're small stuff. Sweat bee is the common name for any bees that are attracted to the salt in human sweat. Huh. Yeah. Now i got to um, worry about bees being attracted to my sweat. I don't know, you are kind of sweaty. I'm, I'm going to be even more sweaty because I'm going to be worried about bees being attracted to my sweat. Uh, yeah. You know, I've decided as an experiment to stop freaking out when I see stinging insects. Uh, 
and and just think, you know, like, well, they're probably not going to sting me. I can just sit still, continue doing what I'm doing. I don't need to get up and move around and draw attention to myself like some big fancy flower that this thing wants to land on. I think I reached that same point through shame. I had, uh, when uh, that guy Andy lived at our house, we were, like, eating lunch outside, and a bee came around, and I flipped my shit like I usually do, and he just kind of sat there. And the bee, like, landed on his arm. He just kind of waved it off and just sat there. And that's what he does when there's a bee or there's a hornet. And it made me think, like, you know, getting stung by a bee hurts, but, yeah, a lot of things hurt. It's no big deal. It's not worth... Yeah, getting stung by a bee hurts your body. Acting like that hurts your manhood. Yeah. It's like, I, I think my tolerance for pain has just gone up. Since, especially since Ollie has been old enough to just hurt the fuck out of me in various ways. Because there's nothing you can do to, to uh, alleviate that pain, right? You're, you can't yell or swear or smack him across the face or something. You just... Like, okay, you just crushed my nuts, and I just have to put up with it. You don't think you can... Yeah, I mean, well, okay. By yell, you mean, like, you little fucker? Yeah, just like, goddamn son of a bitch, that shit hurt. Okay, but I I mean, I think you can certainly be like, oh, oh, like, do you do, oh, like that. Yeah, you well, you would do it like, you know, oh, that made Papa sad, that hurt. Don't do that. No, that you're... What? That's not gonna. That's not gonna have any. That's not gonna have any effect. I would do it again. I'm like, oh, good. I I I created genuine emotion in my father. I should do that again. Emotions are good. I learned that from mom. Hmm. Right. No. I'm assuming that women have to teach a kid how to feel because fuck if I know where to even start with that. <laughs> the kid well, would start to feel, and I'd be like, no, 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 you're fucking it up. Start over. You start with anger and shame because those are the feelings that you feel most strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else I am leaving. Here? I am leaving, but the fighter still remains. Sako says, "So why aren't mist class uh, you lose more like chef staves? They'd be a lot more useful if they were. Uh, hey, why don't you have a joint? It'd be a lot cooler if you did." Hmm. Um, uh, balance out the lack of rigatoni slash sauce glove requirement by making them slightly weaker than chef staves to the same level. I asked this on the ninth, but poor organization of my post led to the wrong part of it getting answered. My bad. I think that was probably our fault. Um, I don't know what they do uh, now. It's always weird, especially before there were those uh, staves. It was always weird trying to come up with Itemization for missed classes and for accordion thieves is rough for me. Uh, you know, but there wasn't a lot going on for them in the early game. And those legendary weapons are real significant relics of, like, the first... Because those the item IDs of the first ones are in, like, the 40s or 50s, I think. Like, they're really, really early development. Um of crafted stuff. I mean, it was before meatsmithing existed, which meatsmithing existed like a couple weeks in. I don't even know, man. I don't even know. <clears throat> Dorngen says, uh, are you still considering adding sealed pack play to Alice's army? You know, I wouldn't be against that. I don't know that I think that it would actually be fun. Hmm. Um, but that's no reason for us not to do it if other people think it would be. Right? I 
guess. I guess. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if other people if other people have an idea that they think is good, but I think is bad, I don't. You know, it's like that. Me thinking it's a bad idea is a good enough reason not to do it. This is like people don't always know what they want, right? Uh, Seal packed stuff might might invigorate that, but I think it might just be frustrating because you. I think there are certain packs that are just going to beat other packs no matter what you do, uh-huh. and skilled play is not. Because, like, sealed... Okay, so, like, I really enjoy playing sealed deck Magic the Gathering, but there is a lot more going on there. Um, you have a lot more choices to make, and a lot, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doing sealed deck Alice's Army means you. these are the five cards you're using, and your only choice is what order you put them in, and I don't know... I don't. Yeah, I just don't know. I think, like, as far as Alice's army goes, it the best thing that we can do is when we have some downtime, figure out an expansion. Yeah. And a rocket. Rocket expansion. Yeah, a rocket expansion, and I, I like. So maybe we should seek feedback on this, and if we shouldn't, uh, you can retroactively tell me not to say it. But okay. we we were thinking about the idea of like being able to summon the packs with the expansion as part of the... Or, or, what was it? Having the expansion packs be for sale for vouchers in the wizard shack, right? Yeah, and not then, for the snack vouchers, but for the but for the turn-in credit. Like, sell yeah. individual pack, Like, make an expansion of 20 cards, sell individual packs of it uh, for, for those turn-in credits to people who have them, and then also, it, as an adjunct to whatever we have in Mr. Store, do another booster box of the expansion right. cards, just in case somebody wants it. Um, and this is the kind of thing where we spent a lot of time going back and forth on whether we felt okay with putting that booster box in Mr. Store to begin with, and I don't think that anybody complained even once. So I don't think this was a thing where we necessarily needed approval, but it's nice to have it. So sure. how do you guys feel about that? About that little plan right there. Tell me about your feelings. Let's talk about our feelings. Uh, Cowlick says... Uh, <clears throat> what, what did Cowlick say? I have to ask this because otherwise I'm going to be periodically bothered by it every time I remember its existence. Does the intriguing puzzle box from Maple First actually have any kind of solution or real puzzle, or is its sole purpose just to output strings of beeps, clicks, numbers, and buzzes that mean nothing as an elaborate trolling of people who like puzzles? It'd be nice to know either way is all. And then uh, Reverend, Noodle, Reverend Noodleson points out, if it's a real puzzle, they'll say it's real. If it's an elaborate trolling, they'll say it's real. All I can say, uh, Cowlix, is that it's real. Professional wrestling is also real. All I can say is that my life is pretty plain. Uh, Natnet says, Thanks, dudes. Love the show. Would it be possible to start storing information about what perm skills a player takes into a given ascension? This could be useful for things like KOLDB and KOL Racetrack. Uh, to, combine, to combat that this is frustrating because we didn't always display this information feeling, you could, one, say it's a late feature of the Valhalla revamp, or two, just make it available via API.php. Uh-huh. That's a good, that's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. Um... It, it would be kind of interesting, you know, I wish that we had tracked that because it would be interesting to see statistics on, like, all right, what do people tend to perm first? Like, because I don't think that it would necessarily be the ones that are strategically best, right? Like, I think that would be a good way for determining, like, all right, what do people enjoy using? Yeah. 
Uh, Keta says, having just finished a 100% black cat run, there's only one thing I found truly annoying about the process. The fact that every time the cat prevented you from using an item or a skill, the drop-down menus would reset to their old value instead of staying on the one you were trying to use. This was especially annoying when funk-slinging items, especially when the cat would bat them away six times in a row and I'd have to input them again every single time. Since it would have no real effect on gameplay, would it be possible to change this so that the drop-down menus stay at whatever item or skill you were trying to use instead of the last ones you successfully used? Yeah, you know, I think that what happens there is when it, it, it is storing what item you last used when you use an item. So it's the same thing as if you tried to use a, I guess we don't show them anymore, but it was from back in the day when you could try to use a skill that you didn't have the MP for or something. It would not set that as the last thing that you did because it wasn't the last thing that you did. Um, you know, next time I'm in there, if I think of this, I'll take a look at it and see how hard it would be to fix that. Fufu Bunny Slayer says, Spooky Raven Gallery, Key Lime Pie, no. Can you use TV Junk uh... says, I keep managing to ask this in threads that have gone way past when the show was actually recorded, so hopefully this will get seen now. Uh, the items found in the heap in I Refuse include a number of items with little or no use from old world events. Is there any chance this item list could see an update with old, little, or minimally functional items from other past world events? Old Crimbos, Bigs Dig, etc. that have found their way to the trash? I don't know. I don't know if I think of that as a living uh, thing so much as it's a snapshot of the past at the time that Hobopolis was developed. Yeah. Um, when's the next installment of Lars the Siberian? Says whack. We got some. We got some other stuff to do. There will be probably. I've heard that sometimes there are Easter eggs in the Choose Your Own Adventure books mm-hmm. that uh, may contain a portion of the saga. Although that those are on their own continuity, really. And not oh, continuity. The, what was the... They share continuity. Lars the Siberian is definitely meant to be part of that ongoing series, but the series is way further ahead in time than than Lars is. Okay. Lars is kind of filling in the backstories and, you know. When last we left Lars, he had woken up after the end of the world and was female in the in the Choose Your Own Adventure. So we'll we'll be taking it from there. Cool. I'm assuming that even though he is female, he still digs chicks, right? Yeah, that it ended in and in, you know, they're about to have a lesbian three-way. If you're old enough to know what that means, and if you're not, then they're just telling secrets. Wait, is that like a three-way with a man and two lesbians, or three lesbians? Three lesbians and a microphone. Uh, there was somebody at the uh, at one of the things at Max FunCon got a present that was a beer pong kit right. that said uh, three balls, twenty two cups. <laughs> it's on the label, which I thought was pretty funny. Do you suppose that was an intentional, like a call back, or not? I don't know. I really do not know. Uh, Shop Troll says, this might be more of something for the Thursday show, but Soren Johnson, lead designer on Civ 4 and Dragon Age Legends, wrote some words about gameplay exploits and how power players will use that knowledge in his blog. To me, it echoes a number of the debates we have here on the forums regarding speed play, real-life time, and taking away toys, so I thought it was worth pointing out to you guys. Do you feel Johnson's experiences with civilization are similar to some of the gameplay and balance issues you've had with Kingdom of Loathing? How did you guys approach these issues, and are there some lessons you've carried forward into other projects? Um... 
Yeah, I mean, he just talks about. I, I read. I, I skimmed this earlier. Uh, it was linked to in dev. I did not read the entire thing, and really, there's no excuse for that. Uh, what I what I wanted to do actually was read this guy's entire blog, but seeing that this is page 369 of this blog, it's like I kind of want to read every Mark Rosewater column from MagicTheGathering.com until I realize that there are he's been. He posted something about having written his 500th weekly column. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'd, uh, I don't think I can start from the beginning and read all these. Like, if it was a book, it would be a book that was way too long for me to commit to reading. Um, yeah, it's it. So to me, it, it illustrates this sort of thing that I have often said about games where like my approach to games is I will play them and try and do well and try and improve until it gets to the point where whatever I need to do in order to improve my game is no longer fun. Right. And then I will stop doing it. And I know, you know, so a lot of the things when you're when you're thinking about the way that you're designing a system in a game, you have to keep this stuff in mind, right? You 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 have to think like, well, what is the best way to play this just in terms of the numbers? And you need to make sure that the best way to play it is something that you think is fun in the way that you're trying to make the thing fun, right? Yeah. There are a lot of just core things that you're like, let's see, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, we'll have this thing work like this. Uh, no, wait, if we do it like that, that's going to mean that the best way to do this is just to do this one single boring thing over and over and over again, making it so people will feel like they're missing out on something if they see the other 99% of the stuff that we've made. And so, you know, you balance rewards, you do, you do whatever, right? You, you, you try to be cognizant of that kind of thing because even people who are in it for the journey and not the destination, I mean, I... I have a hard time, even though like the way that I play an MMO is I like read all the stories and stuff. If I find myself way out leveling a series of quests, uh -huh. I and, and to the point where I'm I'm not getting anything in terms of experience points for doing the quest anymore. I just I can't stand it. Like my my desire to not feel like I am wasting stuff is sometimes slightly more powerful than my desire to be in that game for the journey and not the destination, right? And and the, the things that become contentious on KOL are the things that we... They're things that we don't really think about, right? Like the, the things that we do that do something on a per-combat round basis, right? It's because that's fun for different rounds of combat to be different things, and there's like, oh, well, this is helping people who are having trouble in combat, by like healing them and giving them more mana to shoot shit with or whatever, but what we don't think of as well, no, this what this means is that if we let this go unchecked, the best thing is to sit and do nothing until your shit's completely refilled by this thing. And so we, we, it's basically established that we just need to not do stuff like that because the temptation there is too great. And we don't want to make something work like that and have all the new players who are enjoying, like, oh, this is great. Now that I have this thing, I on fights that are too hard for me, I still sometimes survive them anyway because of this healing that I'm getting or this extra MP that I'm getting. And then take it away from them because of what the people who can't stop sticking forks in their eyes 
just because you get 11 points for sticking a fork in your eye and 10 points for fucking the prom queen. Yeah. Like, we don't want to give something out and then take it away from everybody because of that guy. So we need to just make sure that we're releasing a lot of prom queens and comparatively few forks. Yeah. Is kind of the, the approach there. Um, and you know, the ones, the ones that you find out, you know, there, there was a big discussion about this today in dev, um, because somebody is on the verge of writing a script to do a one day casual ascension for you in comparatively little time and like right now there are certain ways there are certain things that are really exploity that you can do if you're willing to do a one day casual ascension and it is it is so time consuming to do that people don't do it because it's like not fun right and the concern is that once it is possible to automate this there's going to be this idea in like well okay I started my speed run and something went slightly wrong. I got one bad die roll. Fuck it. I'm going to do a one-day casual and start over. Huh. And that if they can script it, that that's what they will do. And, the, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about, do, whoa, shit, uh, do we need to uh, do we need to make that not... Is there a way to make that not a thing that doesn't take anything away from anybody else? Um. The, the one thing about it is that I don't I think right now it is not doing that is not a sustainable strategy because it takes four or five hours to to play through the game uh -huh. um, and several million meat and consumables that you've bought from the mall because a lot of it involves, you know, tattered scraps and just like running away from almost every combat yeah. uh, so that you get shit done in, in few turns. And I don't think that that is sustainable in the long run because th it, those people will price themselves out of that stuff. Um, and in a way, I wonder if that might not be a net positive because as they're in the process of pricing themselves out of it, people who are like, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play real casually and when there's nothing going on that I'm really excited about, I'm just going to farm the library and sell these tattered scraps in the mall hmm. because that's a thing that's consistently – you know, profitable on a, on a turn for turn basis. And if that gets more profitable, then there's guys like, you know, guys like that, that are enjoying that at the expense of these, uh, you know, the, the expense of the eye stabbers who are spending all their meat, buying thousands of these things five times in a row to do five casual one day ascensions until they finally get, you know, they summon the right garnish or whatever. Like it, 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 the the discussion the granularity that this discussion got down to was like well where do you stop right like what to what extent does bad luck with some die rolls make it worth it to do this if all it is is costing two million meat right I mean there there are bigger problems with it which is like you know if you spend a billion meat you could get olfaction in a couple days huh. by doing casual runs and getting and getting lucre which we don't want that I guess. Right. But I my gut feeling on that is that one guy would be able to do that, maybe. And then the market would correct for it. Um, you know, and, and my it's also it also kind of sucks, like dealing with dealing with things like this that are like can can create perceptual problems in the community is that I like. I like trying to let systems fix themselves 
yeah. right? I, I don't want to intervene if I think that things will probably work out well on their own because I think it's a more interesting story when, you know, I mean, I mean maybe this is like a sort of a libertarian bet, but I think it's a more interesting story when the community sort of solves a problem on its own instead of the government stepping in and saying you can't do this, right? Yeah. So it's a matter of like, do we put up a roadblock or do we just let a traffic pattern emerge that is not actually dangerous or, you know, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of interested to see. I don't tend to like to spend a lot of effort fixing problems before they are real problems. Right. And so uh, there's a lot of doom and gloom prophesying that never comes to pass. Yeah. And maybe this is some of that, right? I, I have to admit, the idea kind of bothers me as much as I normally am normally like, ah, eh, fuck that. You know, there's nothing we can do to make those people happy. It The the idea does bother me a little bit of like, well, I, I didn't get the right thing out of my, I, what were somebody else talking about? They're like best game, everything like that, that, you know, I wanted to be able to put cool stuff in that, but now it's a thing you can pull and have a one in six chance of getting something really awesome. Right. But you can only do it that once, and it's like, eh, come on. <clears throat> things that things that are not worth a pull now because they're too unreliable. If you get infinite retries, if you can effectively save scum KOL by doing one day casuals, those there are thousands of things that are potentially a big enough deal to do that if it's easy. Um, hey, you want to take a break? Yeah, we can take a little one. We'll. How do you feel about uh, like a maybe a twelve minute break? This twelve time? will work. All right, we'll see you in twelve minutes. And we're back. Cool. How's it going? I gotta turn you up. I have to. I have to turn the volume on your uh, Charlie's Angel speaker down when the music break starts. Otherwise, the music is unbearably loud. Unbearably loud. Unbearably loud. Mike <sighs> Burbiglia. It turns out I had one stone levitation ale left. That's good. Yeah, so I was able to replenish the giant batch of urine that I, I got rid of. <laughs> I, I hope that somebody ended up drinking those beers that we left behind. Yeah, me too. I felt I felt rough about that. I mean, I didn't want to carry home a trash can filled with assorted beers. Right. Especially because that would have involved stealing the trash can. We maybe, maybe want to bring a little cooler next time. What do you think? Well, yeah, the reason that we didn't this time is because there wasn't room for it. Yeah. In the car was the problem. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that stopping at the... Stopping at a place on the way in, uh, like right up there outside the place, getting a cooler, filling it with ice, getting two coolers, filling them with ice, and then having them on our laps during the horrifying mountainous trip upwards would be the right thing to do. It would give me something to vomit into. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Apparently there's some science backing up those bracelets you wear. That was, uh, that was the closest I've ever come to feeling nauseated while wearing those bracelets was on that mountain mm. road with Kevin at the wheel. I don't yeah, want to, I don't want to say anything about, you know, hot stuff did yeoman's work driving us all that way with no complaint. But, uh, you know, if he had driven us the last bit of the way a, a little bit more slowly, I wouldn't have complained. A little slower. I mean, that's... I, I think, though, that that road just feels like that because every time I felt... Like, I, I said this on the trip. Every time I felt like he was driving really fast, I would look around and I was like, nope, we are going exactly the same speed as everybody else <laughs> huh. on this road, which is, like, the speed limit. 
It's I like that that road is is awful though. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a winding scary ass road. Well, next year we'll have like fuck you money from Word Realm, so we'll just take a helicopter in. <laughs> yeah. Open money. Uh, uh, um, as opposed to right now when we have fuck you Word Realms. <laughs> Why are you costing us money? Yeah. What? Stupak says that article didn't seem particularly coherent or offer any real lessons. What? I see. You're a jerk, Stupak. Tupac? Uh, unnamed Hobo says, if you guys are apprehensive of the idea of doing two content familiars each October, you can do one content familiar and say, uh, no content spleen familiar. If you price them at one mystery each, it won't be a higher price than a June item that does both, and we'll also let you guys do something else in June. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't remember when that conversation even happened. I didn't think it was on the radio, though. Must have been on the radio. Do we do content familiars in October? We don't, uh, but... We, I think the the notion came up that it might make more sense if we did a content familiar that was available all year and a regular familiar in June instead of you know the existing things. See. Right, because they're like just the fact that this thing was a volley fairy and that that wasn't a big deal sort of casts a harsh light on those two mystery familiars. Like they are not. I would not release either of those things as an item of the month now. Yeah. You know, and that just happened, right? Like, it's not, it, it, it's not like, I don't think that we did anything wrong other than just allowing a bunch of time to pass that, that resulted in that. But, you know, the notion that the October familiars, one of them is a familiar that drops spleen items that give you turns. So there's just always one of those there for the people to whom that's really important. And then one of them is a familiar that has a bunch of content, unlocks the quest. You're just trying to get us to do two this year with that plan. I don't know. I and feel like if... <clears throat> I think having them, one of them be a spleen familiar makes sense. But not having the content familiar be available all the time. It makes it... It definitely it. makes it more special. I mean, and you know, I, I, I think we... I, I like the idea of that only being available for a month, and then the rest of the time, people who want to experience that combat in game or that content in game have to take advantage of the economy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. So you, I mean, which you, theoretically it would happen with the older stuff, but I mean, you know, I mean, maybe if we just maybe if we just added spleen drops to the volleycon and con pfeffer. I don't even remember what the other one does. It's a fairy volley and fairy con and volley con, right? It's a Lewis fairy con. Yeah, it's the, a uh, it's a Louis Gossett Jr. It's I, a Gossett yeah, con. I, but how much shit are we gonna take for keeping the price the same and adding those things? Because when we made one be able to breathe underwater, we got all kinds of shit. Did we though? I mean, we, we got, got like some kinds of shit. There was some shit where people were yeah, like, "Well, you I mean, just the, the, devalued what I bought last year." There was not enough shit that I think it was worth changing anything because of it. And I think even if there had been ten times the shit, it wouldn't have been worth changing our minds about it because of that, right? Like, sure. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know how people would feel about that. Like, it, it just, it does seem weird that we, in that store, we charge, 
I, you know, I mean, I, and again, we charge as much for a Bandersnatch as we did for a Miz accessory, right? Which, you know, <laughs> uh, clearly this is ridiculous. The, the person pricing these things is insane. But it's like, no, no, that's just a thing. That's just a thing that's that's in there. Um, and these two, you know, those two mystery familiars are like for people who like familiars and giving us money. Right. You know, they're, they're, but I... You know, you hate doing them. I hate doing them. I think you hate it more than I do. It's way harder for you than it is for me. All I have to do is draw them. Conceiving of them, I don't hate it, but it's always a challenge until the just obvious thing presents itself. Right. Or sometimes it never does, and we get the nervous tick and the jitterbug. Yeah, but those were fine. Those, we, I think we, we, we wrote those into being cool. Mm. Now that we have the spindler set up so that we can just do an arbitrary number of funny little texts for them. Yep. That that makes it a little more fun. Yep, yep, yep. Remember the remember uh, when you took took my terrible idea and turned it into a good idea with the attention deficit demon? Oh yeah, that that's a good discussion from the vaults that we had that mm. Yeah, that I think it was I was away at school, you guys had just decided these are the way that these are going to be and and the ADD demon was an ADD elemental right that was just a pair of eyes and i said yeah, no and, this, this and thing it was has weird no it was weird that the objection was not i mean so the objection that i that i actually bought was this would be better if it was an attention deficit demon uh-huh right but i think initially the discussion was framed as like that's offensive no yeah, you you yeah. promised your objection was always that it wasn't funny enough, not that it was offensive, or that it wasn't funny enough for how offensive it was. I don't think that I thought it was offensive at all, To thinking back. I think it was just, this seems kind of bland. And, like, well, I think I came to the, to the, too late to the table with, like, four or five ideas. But you had already, you, you and uh, Hot Stuff had already said, no, we're, we're doing this. I said, well, what about these things? Well, those things aren't as good. And I said, well, what you've got isn't as good as you think it is. <laughs> I mean, I know it was like done, like the art was done. The animation was done. So it was like late in the process that the whole thing came up one way or another. I don't remember. I don't remember how it happened. Yeah, it was just that I hadn't seen it because it, you guys kind of worked it out between the two of you. And, you know, mm-hmm. part of it was my like mythedness at not being consulted. Was that I, before you moved to... Was that before you moved into town? That was... was yeah, it was. We were was like, still in college. It was right before that, because yeah. I we were at the office. That was it. And uh, so we had this knockdown argument that actually got a little bit heated, I feel like. Did it? Yeah. Come on, us. No. And I said, look, can it, it's just... It doesn't have any personality, and I, I'm not trying to shit on the work that you did, but... Can't, couldn't it be like an ADD, like a hyperactive toddler? You're like, no, that's retarded. I said, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> How about an AD demon? You're like, actually, that would be fine. All toddlers are retarded. Exactly. This is what I put. Uh, Voltron made of autistic children. One of these days. Uh, whoa, huh. Yeah, and then... I don't know. I had also suggested, uh, like, 
just I, I had not suggested, but I had discussed the possibility of taking those familiars and just leaving them functionally the way that they are, but dropping them to one Mr. Accessory. Because I honestly believe we might sell more than twice as many. Yeah. If the if they if they were things that whose whose perceived value was not so much less than even the the normal item of the month, right? But, dude, so, dude, what if we add the spleen drops and drop them to one Mr. Accessory? Yeah. Can we afford sure. our Max FunCon helicopter then? <clears throat> you know, I I'm curious as to like next June, will people say, "Yeah, man, you went a year without putting a spleen drop in in June, and it really messed things up for people because that's what they said was going to happen," and I don't believe them. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happened. Uh, I wonder if anything else got posted in that thread while we were talking. I guess it did. Boy, oh boy, do I fucking hate these new labels in the forums. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to write a Grease Monkey script to eliminate them. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could just say, hey, get rid of those. And they would have to. But... You know, I'm I'm prepared to give them a little bit of a chance to see, but like right now, it is so disruptive to the way that I use the forums to just have some shit that the poster didn't write be the very first thing that I see on a line instead of knowing what the post is. Like I get that the titles are not always illustrative of what's going on in the post, and that is why I will very frequently edit titles to make them more illustrative of what's going on in the post. Right. Right? I mean, I don't need a label to tell me which things are Make a KOL threads. I hate that Make a KOL is, like, official dialogue at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't even like those fucking tags in the forums. I don't think our forums need tags. And then somebody's talking about the tags. I'm like, what the fuck is a tag? I've only seen them used for griefing, honestly. Yeah. I've seen a lot of arguments about them. I've never seen anything that... You know, like, apparently, I guess you go down here and you see... You know, okay, here's some tags that are tiny in a tiny little thing that's too tiny to register. Like, all of the interface elements on every website are just a giant blur to me. Yeah. And so anything that adds another little thing to the blur is just, like, something that I don't see. <clears throat> anyway. Um... And they sure ugly up the forums. Do these things. The tags? Yeah. Not the tags, the brackets. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are not so pretty. Let's see. So uh, Saltus, it says, I want to remind you guys about the Skeleton Museum plaque again now that you're perhaps less busy. Any chance it will be done? Yeah, you know, that would have been, That is going to... I end up in these periods that often last a couple or three weeks after really big pushes where it is it is hard for me to get going on anything big again hmm. and so I just spend a lot of time staring at the screen and like uh, what should I, what am I what do I do today? Things like this like going through the permaflags table and seeing which things need plaques in the museum and lines in the accomplishments that we haven't done yet, that is the perfect kind of thing for me to do during times like this. Mm -hmm. um, tomorrow, I'm going and putting new uh, database servers in the rack. Uh, and some, you know, maybe that means that over the next few weeks, we'll be doing some things to that might have a perceptible performance increase. 
I thought of some tricks that we could do today to avoid the kind of uh, excessive little piddling amounts of downtime that we were talking about today. Um, maybe. For some things. I don't know. Uh, Azulian Tumbling is the worst mechanism in the game. Double so for these smooth-moving moxie classes. I hate, 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 hate. Ten minutes later, hate, hate, fumbling a lot. I hate it a lot. Do you suppose that we need some, just more items that mitigate it? There's a lot of, you know... Are there are there lots? You know, it's honestly a thing where it's like, I don't know... You know, I did that because all right, well, this is a this is a RPG. It's going to have critical hits and it's going to have fumbling. There are people who hate critical hits. They're like, no, I want to know exactly how much damage I'm going to do, and a critical hit is going to fuck that shit up right right square. That's what spell critical hits, at least. Um, you know, in in the word game, I did not. Just, you know, there's no fumbling, right? You're, you, the, the only way you fumble is if you play a word that's not a real word, right? And it's like, ah, oh, you fucked up, so you fumble. It, it, it is, it is an annoying mechanism, and I, and I think I, I agree with you that it is not a good one. There are some. I things agree that, that it's an annoying mechanism, but I, do, I disagree that it's. I don't feel like it is a bad one. You don't think? No, I think it's a. It's okay to just occasionally go. Ah, damn it. Yeah. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't eliminate all of the odd damn it moments. No, I, I don't. You know, I, I, I don't. Don't let this uh, this musing uh, trick you into thinking I'm like, oh yeah, let's get rid of fumbles. Because I mean, it's it's more complicated now. Like, there's a ton of stuff that wouldn't make any sense, and we'd have to figure out something else for it to do if we got rid of fumbles. And you know, I'm, I'm, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't like work. When you're on your Valium, you don't like work. Yep. Fred Levi says. In a world where you invent NS15, would you make that the actual thing or just a challenge run? That'd be funny, actually. Just put in some terrible level 14 or 13 and 14 quests and have NS15 as a challenge run. We could just make the... Take the level 11 and 12 quests and just kind of change all the names and do new art. (laughs) Do them again. Yeah. Like, oh no, the hippies and frat boys have gone to war again. And we stored the MacGuffin in this big warehouse full of other stuff, and now we can't find it again. <clears throat> Stubuck says, uh, just so you know, the boxes being usable wouldn't benefit me personally at all. In fact, it wouldn't really benefit any of the diamonds you know, because uh, we all can get gowns pretty readily. It'll benefit the up-and-comers who don't yet have access to them. Regardless, if you don't want them and bees hate you, that's fine. It just seems sort of odd to me to make this thing, but then throw a you-can't-use-it-for-two-months conditional on it. The thing is, I didn't throw a you-can't-use-it-for-two-months conditional on it. I made an item that just happened to accidentally have a bee in it. The, the way that we determined which things you can't use in Bees Hate You is we didn't determine which things right. you can use in Bees Hate You. We just made content, and then the shit that had bees in it you couldn't use. And I, what I don't want is for Bees Hate You to turn into a restriction on us where we're not allowed to make anything that has a bee in it. Right, and so I'm just not going to let that happen. It, it that that's not what it's for. Um, that dog will not hunt. And also, you can't use it for two months if you are so, like this is like saying, well, the fact that there's food in this means that it's like weird <laughs> to put a you can't use this for a year conditional on it 
if you are in, uh, you know, uh, uh, boost Farian runs for the next year. Like, that's that's not a thing, right? Yeah. You you elected to enter a challenge that you can't use things that have bees in them, and we made a thing that has a bee in it, and so it's you know we're not stopping you from using it. We're just letting the rules continue to apply to things that are developed in the future. Uh, Minty Giant says, One, while discussing a previous convention you had attended, you noted the strong presence of cleavage-bearing, scantily-clad women. How did Max FunCon stack up in that department? It's not that kind of con. Yeah, it's a... I heard somebody say... Well, let me look. Yeah, okay, so my shirt just says Max FunCon. I heard it's explained as Max Maximum Fun Conference before... Uh, yeah, a bit, which makes a whole lot more sense than convention because it's really not a like. Yeah, I'm just looking to see if there's anywhere where they say. Yeah, I was I was looking at it too. For... I think I, I think it you know Jesse Thorne describes it as a conference. It is more like a, a sort of like you know, what's a symposium. Like a, a, that, yeah, like a greeting, a meeting of minds. That's designed to like. The point of it is that you maybe meet people who are into the same things as you, like you would at a convention, but more so that you get better at the craft that you're that you do, or or get introduced to other stuff. I mean, it's it, it it's like I don't know, you know, it's yeah, it's 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 fancier, and yeah. it is full of nerds. Don't get me wrong; it is a it is a very nerdy convention, but. Nobody played. Uh, there was not a single game of Magic: The Gathering played at Max FunCon because there were shows and workshops and dinners to go to and stuff. Yeah. And not like not like a you know they they more or less did not serve soda at this convention. If that <laughs> if that helps uh, give you any indication. Fifty percent of, uh, of the time. Yeah. So it, was, that, it was pretty weird. Every time, every time, uh, every time Mr. Skullhead would order a diet coke, they would either bring him a diet coke from somewhere that was far away and clearly not convenient to them, or they would say, "Oh no, we're not allowed to serve you diet coke. You have to go to the tavern, which is fucking closed the entire time." And when that door was open, I went in there to look, and there wasn't there wasn't like a soda fountain or anything back there. I think it would have been impossible to get um, a soda there too. It was it was strange. Especially when somebody brought, they brought me like the to-go cup with the soda in it. I don't know. Yeah, man. that did seem weird. And, you know, maybe, <clears throat> so I can imagine that, that that conference center, like, they probably made a bunch of decisions about what we were having for dinner. Right? And one of those decisions is what beverages are the guests allowed to have in infinite quantity. You know, because that's the thing that, like, even when we have the when we had the like thing at GameWorks or whatever, it was like, well, we can give infinite soda for an extra, you know, X dollars per person. Yeah. And and you know, they, they, we could add lemonade if we wanted. We could add whatever else if we wanted. But like, there there were a bunch of options there, and I feel like they probably just didn't select the soda option. Yeah. You know, and so some of the waitresses knew that, and some of them didn't. Or, you know, some of them felt like, well, you know, we don't want to give everybody soda, but it wouldn't hurt to... You know, this is the only guy asking. Might as well. 
There was a... They had... Uh, they did have some sodas at the party. That's true. That's I true. would there say were that some... there was not a single can of Mountain Dew that I saw. That made me sad. <laughs> but yeah, not not that not that kind of convention. My uh, my girlfriend kept texting me to ask if I had seen any boobs yet, and no, no, I still haven't seen any boobs. <laughs> There's always KOL con for cleavage bearing, scantily clad women. Not at any of the official KOL con things, kids. Don't don't let that become yeah. Don't, a thing don't come dressed just... as like slavely at a KOL con. Yeah, or maybe but, do. Uh, but you know, just know that if you are, if it is if it is four in the morning and you are still enjoying KOL con in a conscious fashion, there is probably a direction that you could look and see some nude people. Yeah, most likely men. Yeah, so don't don't get don't get too excited. <clears throat> I mean, unless you're a dude who likes dudes, then you can get excited. Yeah. Ain't nobody stopping you. And then he says, two, now that the shout filter has been disabled, will the repetition filter follow suit? Both once served a purpose, but I think those days are behind us now, at least only in haiku. Sometimes I'll misfire a haiku and be unable to reword it without disrupting its original finesse. Thanks. Huh. Do you suppose that we have so we would have so little trouble with repetition, with spamming? that it wouldn't be a big deal to get rid of that? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. Because, really like, don't. your your mindset in most things is that if there's already a law against it, you don't need additional things stopping you from doing it, right? Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's just, like, being able to, like... You can, you can paste, enter, paste, enter, paste, enter, paste, enter slightly faster than you can paste, hit a random key, enter, paste, hit a random key, enter paste hit a random canter you know maybe maybe a side i mean i run afoul of it every once in a while and it's like if i'm having a really long conversation in which i'm not talking very much i will try to say yeah or yes and get hit by the repetition filter and that fucking sucks yeah. like i am only aware of it insofar as it is a thing that occasionally annoys me much like the caps filter <laughs> yeah i don't know you know, we could give it a shot. It that is one that is not simple enough that I can just turn it off right now. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. But I'm I'm certainly, at the very least, I think it could be modified so that misfiring something into the wrong channel doesn't stop you from saying the same thing into the channel that you were saying it in. Yeah. Or you meant to say it in. Because that's what gets me all the time is having to I misfire and then have to fucking rephrase the sentence. And yeah, I can see how in haiku that would be really obnoxious. You know what we should do is force everybody who's not into uh, that's not an internet explorer into active chat and it's way harder to misfire in active chat that's true i still do it sometimes though yeah i do but it's a it's a lot harder you yeah. know what gets me in af active chat is when i'm see like i'm typing something and i make a typo and don't notice it till i've typed three or four more words i'll use control and an arrow key to go back one word at a time but as i'm doing that it's also shuffling through all of my open tabs up top because that's what <clears throat> control and arrow does in active chat huh. so i'll fix my typo but then i'll just end up posting into some random channel and then i hit the repetition filter when i try to post it again Weird, I had never, I guess maybe I never knew about that. Is that a like a Windows 7 thing, or is that... No, I've been doing it forever. Like, in any, like, in Word ah, or whatever. I'll be damned. It's I a much be damned. quicker way I to never, get to the end of the I line. I never knew right? about that. 
It's not as quick as like Control End, but. Oh, uh, well, I mean, just End does it. What does Control End do? End doesn't do anything. A lot of the time for me, you have to. Yeah, end End goes to the end of the line. You gotta hit Control sometimes. I use I use the shit out of home and end, but then I just always end up using the arrow keys to get back to wherever I am or clicking if it's in the middle. I wonder, uh, it'd be really nice just learning how to do that in VI. I'm sure there's a key for it. Did you know, uh, Minty Giant, that you can hit your up arrow and it will reprint the last thing that you said? Yeah. <clears throat> Although I thought something... No, no, okay. So it used to be that that didn't work and you had to do like shift up or control up or something because we did that and then all of these Mac assholes were like, hey, you can't hijack the up arrow in a text box. That does something in a Mac. And what it does is it does what is supposed to fucking happen when you press home. Uh, But it's, I don't know if, I don't know if uh, CD Moyer changed it to where it knows if you're on a Mac and doesn't do it that way or what, but it seems to, yeah, that's handy. That's just in the native interface, though. That's not in... It works in Active Chat too. Well, sure, it does, but it's... Yeah. I don't know. May, may, you know what? Maybe Active Chat actually does it if you hit up arrow, and you don't have to hit shift up arrow. Maybe that's maybe that was the change. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, that was all for the forum threads. We get a, we get a handful of uh, radio bugbear questions. Cuckoo275 writes, Hey, asymmetric developers. I am a longtime player of KOL, or I should say that I used to be. I took about a two-year-long hiatus and have recently gotten back into the game because I rewatched some old Eddie Azar DVDs I had. I also found some really old podcasts of your show on my iPod Mini, and you said something about wishing new players would come back. Glad to see that you guys are still around and wish you all the luck in your endeavors in the future, and I'm enjoying the changes. The NPCs being moved around has jarred me a lot. Well... Eddie Izzard, huh? Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard. Arzard. Eddie Izzard. That guy. Eddie Irock Z. Eddie Ray-Bans. <laughs> Eddie Ray-Bans is, is my favorite. What is Izzard? Is Izzard, like, I feel like I've seen it on sunglasses. It's, um, I just know it from the, like, polo shirts that cost a ridiculous amount of money and have a little alligator on them. Really? I thought those were, uh, I thought those were girl animals. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends on what the thing looks like. It's just a, a place to buy ridiculously priced clothing from a website that makes noise, even when you have Chrome muted on your mixer. That's cool. <sighs> Websites. Now, I know that, that this is a fairly new medium, web developers. Websites should not the fuck make noise unless you tell them to. What about Uh, websites that are video games? Websites should not the fuck make noise. Especially if it's an advertisement that's loading on top of the content I actually want to fucking see. Like, I'm doing you a favor by surfing the web with my ad blocker off so that I can feel like I'm supporting your site and maybe I'll click a link or two. But by God, if that becomes the norm, which it's starting to... Just having a fucking video window open every time you open a website that has some goddamn movie trailer. Yeah, I mean, I feel for fucking people. Noise. I feel for the people who have popular websites that are and no way to monetize them because they need to use. You know, if they're going to be ad supported, they need to be. They need to have ads that actually work and generate revenue, right? But you're right. I mean, that just it, like fuck that. Like fuck that. And the technology exists, and some websites do it that 
the little video is running, but you have to click on it for sound. Yeah. Which I can't imagine that that's so much less effective that you gotta... That it's not worth the goodwill that you lose. Well, King Stupid has already... He's, like, transcribing in real time. Wow. That is nuts. Scully, it ends with Scully gets mad opening the IZOG website. <laughs> <laughs> this is done, crazy. <clears throat> uh, I'm really glad that King Stupid is, is is currently transcribing everything we say because I think that's a really cool thing for people to do. Look at me, I'm King Stupid and I'm a big dummy face head and my butt smells like poops. I... You I don't know how to write down that voice. And remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing. Uh, King Stupid, I don't think that you're a big dummy head, and I don't think that your butt smells any more like poops than the average butt. Is it smarter another, than the average butt, do you think? Anyway. And another fan said, Just here to tell you, I finished the new June Night in the Month quest, and I loved it. I had a bit of trouble with the last two years' June quest, so this was a nice, simple surprise. Loved it. Yeah, it's because Rift didn't have anything to do with it this year. Right. Uh, Art Shamsky says, Hey, Jick, I wound up in a random words with friends game against somebody named Jick. It wasn't you, but I got directed to jickfilms.com. You know them? No. No, I don't. Uh, I'm old Jick on words with friends, but I'm not old Jick on Twitter, because that's DJ old Jick. Although I did play a game of words with friends against DJ old Jick, who I don't know if he was trying to start a game against himself and typoed it <laughs> or, or what that was all about. You know, we played a game, and this uh, might have been one of those games that petered out in the middle. Are you still playing that at all? Yeah, I have five or six games going at any given point. I get, uh, I, I'm playing one against Gamelli. Yeah, good. I don't know why, though, sometimes when it tells me that there's a new move, that, that it's my move, it says, like, you have a new move against Ziffwin5197 underscore three. And sometimes it says, Jamelli's real name has, you know, you have a move against Jamelli's real name. Oh, weird. I don't get it. Because his, his words with friends' names is Ziffwin252719. Yeah, so like some bizarre <clears throat> combination of letters and numbers. Like I... somebody else has a, a screen name that's like Croftverd, but then every time she plays a turn, it's Misty Risk has played a turn. Huh. I don't get it. It must be... Can you play it from a browser? You can. You can. I think you can play it from Facebook. Uh, that must be the difference, then. So if they're if they're doing it from Facebook, it does it. Yeah. Um, I have not updated my copy of Words with Friends on my phone. Because uh, somebody pointed out... Somebody was all mad because Zynga bought Words with Friends. Hmm. Um, and this guy, one of the guys that I that I was Facebook friends with, who I was constantly getting mad about the liberal crap that he posted, was like, "Ah, eh, fuck this! I guess I can't play Words with Friends anymore." And I was like, "You know, you bought it before Zynga did. Like, you're not doing anything except using up their resources if you continue to play it now." And he was like, "Yeah, that's a good point, but I hate seeing that stupid fucking dog on the icon." And I'm like, "You know, so do I. Yeah. I'm just not going to update it." So that my words with friends icon doesn't have the Zynga logo on it. I don't know um, that mine. So, yeah, mine does. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you just automatically update it, it's going to. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know how long I can keep that up. I've got like thirty apps on my phone that are yelling at me to update them. 
And I hate those numbers. I hate it when those numbers are up on the screen to tell you, oh, something you haven't dealt with in here, something you haven't dealt with in here, something you got to deal with, something you got to do. Look, look, look at me, look at me, look at me. I got a 30, big red circle, 30, 30 things you got to do. I, yeah, I try and clear all of those numbers off, but then Facebook has every unread message counts against that. And oh, yeah, yeah. just reading it through your email where they reprint the entire message for you doesn't count. So I have like, 45 or something next to it. That sucks. I think I didn't let Facebook give me notifications um, on there. Uh, wait, Archamsey says, or er, jickpictures.com. No, I don't know, man. Now I want to see what's on jickpictures.com, though. I don't know why they didn't just call it jickshers. Probably going to have sound. Two guys commit first degree and have to figure out what they will do with the body. So it looks like some teenagers making uh, uh, Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> weekend at Bernie's where they kill Bernie. They should do uh, a Weekend at Bernie's and Breakfast at Tiffany's crossover. Dial B for Bernie's. Radar says, hey, thanks for all the awesome new Valhalla content. The other day you said you thought it'd be nice to put a match to certain parts of the NS-13 quest, namely the Three Gates. Any more thoughts along those lines? Also, have you written any more on the next clan dungeon? Thanks for all your work, Radar. <laughs> That's cool. He started and ended his uh, question with Radar to make it a palindromic palindrome. Um, maybe we could make him happy by replacing the Three Gates with a grape knee-high. Yeah, I think so. Uh, boy, I don't know, man. Uh, bees hate you has led me to believe that uh, the gates are not important and neither are the tower monsters and blah blah awesome I, mean, uh, they, I don't think I ever said I wanted to put a match to it I don't think I've ever used that phrase I think you you did say I'm looking forward to putting a match to the really? yeah because I would say burning that shit to the ground you've said that a couple of times but I think there was a like yeah, I can't wait to put a match to that Wow. I'm starting to use phrases I don't even know. And I hope that I followed up with, what, my button your face? Y yes, you you are button my face. I button your face. <clears throat> Avangion Q says, I think I've long since passed the thousandth time where I've helped a newbie with the missing sewer chewing gum dilemma. Can you bring back the market sewer as a zero turn zone? If you ever do bring it back as a zero turn clickable zone and it's used, please put as sarcastically as you can. You know you can use these from inventory now. Okay, so this, this came up the other day, and I guess there are still a handful of things that require people to go to the hermit, and that still becomes the hardest thing for people to figure out. And I still insist that it was the right thing to do to take that out of the tutorial, but what is also the right thing to do is to make it so you never have to go there for anything. Yeah. And I just am not done with that yet. Uh, the level 9 revamp will help, and, you know, you don't have to do the meat car quest anymore. And I, maybe, you know, and maybe this is a thing where I can stomp my feet and say, you don't need to go there, you don't need to go there, but, like, everyone gets that quest and then goes there, so you need to go there. And, like, the fact that you don't need to go there isn't going to stop everybody from asking about it. But also, the tutorial, having it in the tutorial didn't stop people from being confused by it and asking about it all the time. Like, I think it's yeah. just a weird, obtuse thing. Um, you know, putting a little guy somewhere with a quest to get you something from the hermit is, I think, a great idea. And have him just spell it out, spell out exactly how you should do it. Maybe I should add that to Harold the Halfling. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or Arthur, the bear in those books I never read. Was he a bear? 
The what? The Bernstein Bear. Not the Bernstein Bear. Arthur. There was some children's book about Arthur. There was a bunch of shit that Arthur did. Oh, he's oh a, it was he's like about Dudley Moore and he was an alcoholic. Yeah. The, the lovable alcoholic in all those kids' books. Hey, let's stop doing a show. That's a reasonable idea. We'll see you next week. We need an we need an ending line. If, we do. If watching those live podcasts taught me nothing else, we need a thing we say as soon as we get in and a thing we say to get out. Hmm. So uh, I think of there being yeah. My brother and my brother and me say "kiss your dad square on the mouth" hmm. uh, as as an outro. I don't think that's worth stealing. I'm gonna say uh, until next week, everybody. Don't take any wooden nickels.